From the theme, love and appreciation, we find in the book of Ruth a story there that is very, very powerful on the subject of love and relationships. We'll be celebrating Valentine's Day tomorrow. I'll be celebrating my birthday while the rest of you celebrate that, of course. But nevertheless, we're going to talk about this because I find this a very good story that deals with love and relationships. In the second chapter of the book of Ruth, we find these words, beginning with verse number one. And Naomi had a kinsman of her man's mighty man of wealth of the family of Emelik, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitish, said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hat was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the kindred of Emily. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you. We glorify you. We edify you for this day and for this hour. We ask now your blessings, Holy Spirit. We ask you to come into the midst of us, teach, lead, and guide us all in the word of life, liberty, and freedom. We bless you for this message this morning. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, have our way. Come in the midst of us and teach us your word. We ask in Yeshua's mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. We find in this particular story that this woman, Naomi, had been married. And her husband had passed away. Him and both of his sons. If you go back and start with chapter 1. And in the process of this, the reason that they died was because, for one thing, they worshipped an idol god. And they worshipped this idol, and it cost them both, all three of them, their lives. For one of these daughters of uh, Naomi's uh, 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 daughter-in-laws, one was Ophir, and the other was Ruth. And they both married the sons of Naomi. And in the marriage of those sons, neither of them had children. And so in order to carry the family inheritance and the birthright on for the family, these girls needed to be married to somebody. Well, what happened was one of them decided to go back home to her own family, Ophir did. And Ruth decided to stay with Naomi and follow Naomi wherever she would go, she would go also. And in the process, Naomi decided to leave the Moabitess land and go back to Judah or Jerusalem. And in the process of going back on the trip, this is when they decided that, uh, uh, Naomi decided that some, uh, both of these girls should go their separate ways and find their own husbands. Because Naomi was telling them, look, I'm too old to be trying to have sons and y'all getting a little old to be waiting on them to get grown enough for y'all to marry them and bear children. So they, Naomi, daughter Oprah decided to go on with her family or back to her family, and Ruth decided that she would stay with Naomi. In the process of staying, they get back to Jerusalem. And in the process of being there, Ruth decides she needs to figure out a way to make a living for her family, to take care of herself and her mother-in-law. 
And what happened was she saw these people working in the fields and they were gleaning wheat. And so she wanted to go and work in these fields and bring in product that would help feed her mother-in-law and herself. So in the process of doing this, she goes into the fields and begins to work. And at verse 4, it picks up, it says, And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, Yahuwah be with you. And they answered him, Yahuwah bless you. Then said Boaz unto the servants that was set over the reapers, Who's the decimal? Who is that woman over there? And when they asked, he asked this question, and they said that she is... Uh, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She's a Moabite. And she said, I pray you. She talks to Boaz and asks him to let her glean in the fields and stay there. Look at verse number seven. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the saves. So she came and has counted or continued even from the morning until evening. So this guy's explaining to Boaz that this young lady comes, she goes to work, she stays there gleaning and working in the fields, and she remains there all day long. And in the process of being there all day long, after a while, Boaz becomes concerned and he asks these questions of her. Verse number eight says, Then Boaz said unto Ruth, Hear you not, my daughter, go not to glean in the other fields, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let your eyes be on the field that they do reap and go you after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch you? And when you are athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of which the young men have drawn. So what happened was after Boaz realized this, this was Naomi's daughter-in-law, and that she had cared so much for her mother, respected her mother, even after her husband had died, she continued to take care of Naomi. So that pleased Boaz. And in the process, when he realized who Ruth was, he said, I'll tell you what, you stay in these fields and you glean behind my maidens and whatever they leave behind, you pick it up. Not only did he do that, he told the men, don't put your hand on this woman. And then he said after that, if you are thirsty, Go to the place where water has already been prepared. So Ruth had found favor in the eyes of God and she found favor in the eyes of Boaz. And Boaz begins to take consideration. He sees her beauty. He sees how, how, how she cares for herself, how she takes care of herself, how she takes care of her mother-in-law. Boaz sees all of this and he sparks an interest in this beautiful young lady. Now remember, he's much older than her. Much, much older than her. And he kind of figured at her age, she would be looking after the younger men, which she wasn't. She was only interested in him because Naomi had already preempted all of this to take place. So sometimes you have that person that's going to go ahead of you and find the person that's right. Now, remember, Boaz, is, he's, got, he's wealthy. He don't want for anything. He's wealthy and he has everything that he needs. All this woman has to do is find her a husband that can give her seed to carry on the inheritance of her family. That's what this story is all about. It's about having a loving relationship, but that loving relationship being manifested in a way that they all receive the blessing. Look at uh, verse number nine. Let your eyes be on the fields uh, that they do not reap. Do go unto after them. 
have I not charged you, the young men that have, that they shall not touch you. And when you are athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have already drawn. Verse 10, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have you found grace? Why have I found grace in your eyes that you should take knowledge of me, seeing that I am a what? Stranger. She came from a strange land. Boaz was one of the sons of Israel. He was one of the inheritance, him and the family. Let's go a little bit further. Look at verse number 11. Boaz answered and said unto her, It has fully been shown me all that you have done unto your mother-in-law since the death of her husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your nativity and are come unto the people which you know not therefore. So he found favor with her. He respected the fact that she was so appreciative of her mother-in-law that she decided to follow Naomi back. And that made Boaz very grateful and thankful that he had found this woman. Sometimes the woman is looking for the man, but it should be the other way around. The man should be looking for the woman, for the Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing, not she that finds a husband. So sometimes they get it reversed, and these young women nowadays, they're so busy looking for the husband till whenever they, when God presents him, they look over him and find somebody that God never pre- presented or told them to go after. The reality is, real love manifests when we put our faith and trust in God to lead and guide us. And this is what Naomi and Ruth did. They waited on the Lord, and Naomi gave Ruth instructions as to how to find the perfect husband. That God would what? Orchestrate and ordain their union that they would be happy and live together happily ever after. The word goes on and tells us, look at verse number 12. Yahuwah recompense your work and a full reward is given you by Yahuwah Eloi, which is the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust. She had her faith in God. Now God has allowed her to come to Jerusalem. Now she's in Jerusalem. Boaz sees this woman. He loves her from the sight of her. And then he begins to find out about her, ask questions of the people around the city to find out who she is. Who is this woman? Where'd she come from? And when he finds out what he needs to know, he goes and he shows compassion. He shows appreciation. He shows love and devotion. And he's willing to make things easy for her. For people gleaning had to work hard in order to do what they needed to do. And they were held accountable for reaching the numbers that they needed to reach whenever they were gleaning. But he went ahead and said, look, put stuff down so she can pick it up. Make it easy for her. Don't let her see you do it. But whenever she find it, she had more than enough food to feed her and Naomi. But Boaz wanted to make sure that Naomi was taken care of. Not only did he look out for Ruth, but he looked out for Naomi too. He made sure that her mother-in-law was taken care of. But what happens in this story is Naomi has some property that was left by Abimelech, her husband. And she wants to sell that property. So Boaz finds out about her wanting to sell that property. And in the process of selling the property, it would go to the next of kin. So Boaz calls this meeting 
He goes into the city square. He sets down. When he gets there, and I'm going to paraphrase this story. He sets down in the city square. And as he sets down, the next of kin to Naomi walks up. He says, come over here and sit down. I want to talk to you. The man comes over and sits down beside Boaz. Boaz called 10 of the elders of the city to come and join them in a conversation. And when they get into this conversation, Boaz says, now Naomi has a piece of land that she wants to sell. And, and, and the land goes to the next of kin if you want to purchase it. And I want to give you the right opportunity to purchase this piece of land. So the next of kin says, okay, I'll buy the land and I'll take it over. Then Boaz says, but wait a minute. When buying this land, you also have to buy Ruth. Who is Ruth? Ruth is a family member, the daughter-in-law. And you have to give Ruth the inheritance that is due unto her because of her husband that didn't give her a child. So the next of kin thinks about that thing. He says, I tell you what, Boaz, I can't do it because it's going to mess with my inheritance. Why don't you buy the land? So Boaz takes off his sandal, which is the custom of that day. Take off your sandal as a witness to the person that you're purchasing the property from that the property that you're buying is actually yours. So he takes off his sandals and he hands it to the next kin, the family, and purchases all of the land and including Ruth. That's how they became one in marriage and in the relationship because she, he actually purchased her and made her his wife. And then the story goes on that they married. And after they get married, they have a child. And the child's name is Obed. And when they have this child, God blesses their union and blesses the child. Obed now is in the lineage of the children of Israel. So you have Obed, who is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. You have Ruth, the grandmother of David. Oh, oh, uh, 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 Boaz, the grandfather of David. So the word goes on and he sets up the coming of Christ, our Savior, through this lineage. But if you don't know this story, you don't know that that takes place. You don't know that that's how we get to Christ, the Lord, our Savior, through Ruth and Boaz. God sets up the lineage. We talk. See, they, had, they, had, they came before Joseph and Mary. But they can't, they, they can't, Mary comes down this lineage. She's born through this lineage, through, through the lineage of David. The Bible tells us and shares with us, this is how love manifests when it is orchestrated through God. The word of God tells us Boaz's name means strength. He was a person of stiffness. Obed, Obed, Obed who was the son, was a worshiper of God. He was the son of Boaz and Ruth. He was the grandfather of David. The story goes on to tell us that Ruth, her name means companion, friend, vision of beauty, the grandmother of David. I got ahead of myself there. But the reality is God used this story to show us how powerful real love can be. For the scripture already said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Here's Boaz gleaning and watching over his fields and God presents him with a wife. A beautiful woman that he can really love, take care of. And that's one of the things that we have to remember. That God wants us to take care of our wives, those of you that are married. In Ephesians 5.25, he says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He gave us the church 
He created the church. But he also wanted us to take the church, take our wives, and present them and love them and cherish them and care for them like he did the church, like he continues to do with the church. He tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, and now abide us faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these, the word of God says, is love. What is love? He talks about the agape. He talks about eros, phalan, and phileo. Those are the Greek words for love. And all of them have different meanings. But I want to stick with agape today. Love for one another. The love in the relationship, eros. He says, love one another. And now abide of faith, hope, love, these three. And the greatest of these is love. The love for my heart to your heart, to your heart to your heart. Love for the fellowship, love for the congregation, love for the brethren. The brethren shouldn't always be bickering and fighting and coming up against one another and warring one another and trying to strike one another. But there shall be genuine love. The love that Christ had for us, we should have one for another. Galatians 5 and 22 says, but the fruit of the spirit, the first one is love. Showing that compassion, showing that or a kindness one for another, allowing the love of God to manifest in our lives and allowing the love of God to continue to build us and grow us as we mature in the things of God through what? Our relationship. I heard somebody talking about prayer this morning. Amen. And he was saying that he pray all the time. He has to get before him. I think Jeff was talking about that. Having to get before God in prayer and spending that time in fellowship. We must seek God to guide us. We must seek God to direct us. Not only did God just allow pure love to come in, uh, through Boaz, but God even sent his own son. John tells us in the third chapter in the 16th verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. What can we learn from this story? First of all, we have to be trustworthy. Do you think Ruth would have talked to Boaz if Boaz was not trustworthy? If he was not dependable, do you think she would have taken out time to talk to him? If she didn't see him as a person of that statue, she would have never wasted her time with him. Uh -huh. Secondly, he was a good man. He had strong character. He was a man of mental and moral quality. And that's what women should look for in their husband. Is he a man of character? Is he a man of moral standing and moral quality? Yes. Thirdly, a relationship with God. God must be first in everything we set our hearts and our minds to do. God must be first. When God is first, everything falls into place. When we go to God last, we have weak, we've cried, we've been through all of the stump, all of the struggles and all of the things of life, the burdens, and then we go to God and he immediately fixes it for us. And he's kind of saying, why didn't you come to me first instead of going to everybody else? We must put God first in everything that we do. Another thing we can learn is that we must men, we must be providers for our families. A man must provide for his wife and for his children. He must be a provider. If they can't depend on you to keep the lights on, they ain't going to be there alone. If you can't keep food in the house for that woman to eat, you're going to be, she's going to be going down the road. So you, you have to be a provider. You got to be able to take care of her, pay the bills and make sure that things are working properly. Fix things in the house when they fall apart. I'm not a fix it man, but I, I know who to call to get it done. 
So the same is with you. You may not be able to fix everything, but the things that you can fix, fix them, repair them, and keep her happy. When I, uh, my daddy used to say, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody going to be happy. So, so mama got to be happy at all the time. Whatever she needs, take care of her, comfort her, meet her needs. Then you have to pay attention. Women love attention. They want to know that you notice them. They go to the beauty shop and get their hair done. And they come back home, their nails are done, their toes are done. And you walk by and say, hey, and you don't even pay attention and notice it. Women like to say, honey, you got your hair done. You look so beautiful. You really look good. You got your nails done, your feet done. I mean, when you reverence and recognize that that woman is doing stuff to beautify herself for you, because that's who she married, you should recognize and reverence that and give her praise for taking care of herself, not just for her, but for you as well. So, so give her that attention. Respect her as your wife. Uh, treat her well as the beautiful woman that she is. She looks for somebody to protect her. Women want men to protect them. Why do you think most women go out here and get these thugs? They get them because they can feel protected with them. Not because necessarily they love them or the thug loves them, but they, they feel protected. They know that if something happens, He's going to take care of her. And that's what God is saying to men in the church. We should be the example, not thugs. We should love our women to the point to where we see to their every need. They shouldn't have to worry. Somebody knocked on that door, they ain't got to worry about waking you up to go to the door. You jump up and get running to the door to find out what's going on. You know, you laying in the bed like a chicken with your head under the cover and the door rattling and she looking at you like, look at this idiot right here. Why can't he get up and go to the door and see what the world going on? I got to get up and go to the door. No, no, no. Get your lazy self up and go to that door and take care and protect your family. And that's what women are looking for now. They want a man that's going to be a man. Stop being a wimp. Stand up and be strong, be forceful, and take your position. <laughs> women like to feel protected. They like to feel that men care, they love them, they appreciate them, but most of all, they're going to respect them and take care of them. Men, we must be compassionate with our women. Women wants to know that there's, there's four C's in a marriage. Compassion, commitment, compromise, and commitment. Those are what secure the marriage. There must be compassion. You've got to show affection and love for that woman. If you don't, there's somebody waiting to show it for you. Yes. Married or not, you need to know the ropes. See, that's why he said, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He loved the church so much that he what? Gave himself for the church. And he says, men, love your women the same way. Everybody's going to be celebrating uh, uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow. They'll go and get that chocolate candy and buy those roses and take them out to dinner. They do it once a year, every year. But what, do you show appreciation after tomorrow? Or do you wait till her birthday or some other special event or some special holiday or, 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 or something that, that makes you feel? No, no, no. You should show appreciation and respect for her at all times. Just surprise her with lunch. Send for it and have it delivered. Surprise her with flowers. Send for it and have it delivered. See, I got some flowers at work one day, and I'm going like, what the minute, what the world going on? I'm getting flowers. I wasn't expecting them. Nobody told me they were coming. But I went to work, I went to lunch, and I came back, and somebody walked in with some flowers. And I said, somebody got some flowers, and I went straight to the other building. I came back, they were sitting on my desk. But see, you have to show respect. 
Just like, uh, nah, it makes a man really feel good when somebody sends him flowers. Ladies, if you really want to spark your, spark your husbands and get them going, send them some flowers. I'll tell you that, that will make their day. Say, no, no man goes to women. No, it goes to men, it goes for men too. It's not above a man to receive flowers. Because God says, give a person their flowers while they're living. That just doesn't mean women. That means men too. Men entitled to get a flower, a rose or something. I was glad to get my flowers. Y'all don't never get none. That's fine. But I was glad to receive them. It was a gift that God put in somebody's heart to give unto me. And I'm very appreciative of it. Then, after you show compassion, make sure that you find favor with that person. Boaz found favor with Ruth. And when he found favor with her, he began to treat her with dignity, compassion, love, and respect. He gave her all of the things that most people seek after. Some people seek after all of their life and never find. Some people look at for a loving relationship all of their lives and never find a loving relationship. Why? Because a lot of times they're looking for it in the wrong places. But when you put God first and allow God to lead and guide you and say, Father, Send to me the right person for me and be willing to and be receptive to what God sends to you. He's going to send you a loving person that's compassionate, that cares and that is not going to create problems for you. But they're going to be there for you. They're going to love you. They're going to respect you. They're going to lift you with the highest esteem and appreciate you for the person that you are. It's nothing better than to go home and a nice hot cooked meal waiting on you. And instead of running into the kitchen and jumping at the table, say, honey, I appreciate this good meal and enjoy it and let them know that you appreciate them. That's what this is all about. See, people talk to me about I have people call me all the time about for marriage counseling. But the reality is it's both ways. You know, sometimes it's 60, 40. Sometimes it can be 90, 10. Sometimes it can be 70, 30. Sometimes it can be 50, 50. But it depends on what's going on at the time and how you all respond to what's going on at the time. But love has to be there all the time. One thing I heard somebody say one time, never, ever, ever go to bed angry with each other. This woman in this story, she goes and lays at this man's feet. Ruth goes and she lays, goes to the gleaning floor and lays at Boaz's feet all night to show her love for him. He, he had no idea, but Naomi set this up and sent her, go and lay at his feet all night. Don't let nobody see you. But after he, he came, he ate, he drank, and he laid down and went to sleep, and she came and laid down at his feet and stayed there all night till the next day. He wakes up and says, don't tell anybody this has happened. And then he gives her six Bowls of barley wheat to make sure that she and her mother had plenty of food. Mother-in-law had plenty of food to eat. That's what God has sent us. We must show loving compassion, regardless to what the outcome may be. In this story, he marries her, and they have a child, and they carry on their heritage and the family that we may receive our Savior Christ the Lord. That's what happened in this story. What if that hadn't been the case? Christ may have come a different way. But the reality is that was the way God orchestrated Christ to come. He come through this lineage of Boaz and Ruth. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for this message. 
We ask your blessings upon this congregation, Lord. We pray that this message will be one that will minister to our hearts, our souls, that we will find a loving message and the compassion of you in this message, Father. Keep us holy, keep us righteous, keep us pure. Fill us with your love, your unconditional love, your, uh, your agape. Fill our hearts and our minds with the power and the presence of your love, that we may go forth and take this message that, first of all, you are the lover of each and every one of us unconditionally, and secondly, that you gave Christ to be our Lord and Savior, to, that we may know him and, and the free part of our sins and have a right unto eternal life. Cover each and every one of us with your loving favor and protect us and keep us safe from the enemies and all demonic attack of the enemies. Lord, let the love of Christ run through our veins. Fill us with love now. Pour your precious love into our hearts and revive us with the spirit of love and compassion that you would get glory and honor and praise and that our lives would exemplify and, and would, would imitate you, our Savior. We bless you this morning for this message. We pray that it will accomplish the purpose for which thou hast sent it. In Yeshua's precious name we pray and ask it. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.